Yes, what's going on? This is the Smart City Podcast. I am your host, Ryan House. I welcome you back to episode 7 here. We got some interesting topics once again. Or maybe not so interesting. I would argue that it's not so interesting. People are saying we live in interesting times right now. I disagree. I think that they have never been more boring. I came up with an analogy about it. I I might have spoken about this a little bit before, but when it comes to video games, there was a moment in time why I just stopped playing. It was about four or five years ago that I just completely gave up on video games. I just no longer had the joy anymore. And I, I would call it probably dopamine overload. And there was two games that I used to like. It was the hockey game NHL uh, 17. And then I also liked Grand Theft Auto 5. So one day, I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. And this is after months and months. And I actually set it aside for a few years. Because I had to get a job, do the responsible thing. You know, that whole thing. Make a living. But I end up picking up Grand Theft Auto 5 again after some years. Dusting it off. And I just remember thinking, wow, this game is never ending. There's three different storylines that I'm going after, and there's just too many missions. When does this thing end? And finally, I I finish the game, and I remember it being probably about 3 in the morning, and I'm like, holy crap, I've been playing video games for the past 9 hours. That is ridiculous. And I, I beat the game, and I remember thinking, wow, I finally have the $36 million in the bank, in virtual money, obviously. And each character is loaded. They're millionaires. And then I thought to myself, huh, okay, well, what do I do now? And I thought about it. I'm like, well, if there's no missions, what does everybody else do? I actually called a friend about it. I I was that uh, bewildered by, is it over now? Is that, do people just go to online gaming? I don't want to do that. I know that's a whole separate world. I just want to do something to spend this money. I, I mean, that's what I've been working all game for, right? Well, it got to the point where I, I called up one of my friends and says, well, now it's time to have fun. Go spend your money. Go buy the airplanes. Go buy the best cars in the game. You know, drive them around. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, yeah, yeah that sounds reasonable. And so... I, you know, I, I was just like, man, this is so boring. There's nothing to do here. I'm flying around. Yeah, it's in this virtual world. I turn it off. I'm like, oh, maybe it's just because I've been playing for so long now that I'm a little burnt out. I'll come back to it and, you know, it'll be fresh again. So I go over to my friend's house and he throws that game on. And I, and I said, uh, oh, are you restarting the game? Have you already beat it? He goes, yeah, I've uh, beaten it for some years. And I say, so what do you do now? He goes, well, I just go around you know try to get as many five stars as possible if you don't know if you're not familiar with the game five stars is when you start doing a bunch of crime then the police come running after you and so when you're um when you're going around beating up dead hookers and you're driving into people and you got the police hightailing you and you're throwing grenades at them and you got the SWAT team following you and then eventually you probably get to the point where you do one of two things. You set the cheat code for the wanted level to go down and then it restarts all over again. Or you play it until you die. 
And then in which case you wake up in a hospital and you're able to do it all over again. And you go around on the, the side of the road and you're beating up civilians. And I'm just thinking, wow, how applicable is that to times right now? It's almost like we've beaten the game and now we're just going around punching civilians, running into hookers with our cars, going 120 miles per hour, getting the police hot on our, our, our tracks again. And that is so human. That is the most human thing ever is when there is no mission, when there's no challenge, there's no difficulty, we go out and we seek it. We're naturally antagonistic creatures. That is ingrained in us. And I feel like that is exactly where we're at today is we need something to be outraged by. Now, am I saying that uh, the George Floyd thing wasn't wrong? No, it absolutely was. But I'm saying that there has been this countless times over and over again. And nothing ever changes out of it. And there's a lot of groups now. I, th I would say that there's probably more engagement and support than there's ever been. So with that said, there's a lot of support. They have a lot of support backing these movements. So what the hell do they need me for? What use do I have to this moment? It's like saying if Osama bin Laden was captured and then put in front of the American people and everybody gets one slap of him. Every citizen in the United States gets to slap Osama bin Laden in the face once. Well, at a certain point, he's going to be dead by the time that someone gets to him. There's only going to be a certain limited amount of people that get their slaps in, they get their satisfaction, and they're out before it no longer becomes worth standing in line. So I'm, I'm at the very back right now. I can't get a lick in. And so I, I, I direct my attention and why I say that I, I'm not putting attention on this, this movement and siding with, with one particular side is because that would take responsibility away from the other areas that I am going after. So I think things like sex trafficking, uh, the education system that we have in this country, the things that are impacting the youth well, as you know, and, and as I've spoken about many times, that's my mission, is things that have to deal with the upcoming generation. I think about it from their perspective with what's going on. I'd be losing faith in, in adulthood right now. I'd be questioning, okay, maybe adults don't really know what's going on because nobody's coming up with solutions. The things that they tell me not to do and when I'm throwing a tantrum about something they tell me to come up with a solution and come to some sort of compromise. And nobody's willing to compromise. It's almost like the perfect movement to have behind because it never ends. People are looking for solutions, but if it was to end tomorrow, well, then it's like, oh, well, now we're going to have to find something else. <laughs> you look at what's happening in Seattle right now. And it's, uh, if you didn't know, they have declared their own country, apparently. It's called Chaz, I believe. And so these, these rogue groups have occupied the city hall. And they're now taking over the, these square blocks and protesting. And the police have said, all right, fine. You know, I'm not going to deal with this. We're, let them do their thing. And 
So it makes me think, if we're willing to go to those extremes, imagine if they said, okay, well, you know what? Here's the solution. Yeah, I met you guys on your terms. Here it is. Well, then do they give up City Hall? They have nothing to be angry about anymore. Then we're back. It's just like the Grand Theft Auto V example. We need something to be mad about. And for as long as we can remember tracing back to mankind, there's been something to believe in. Every culture has had, whether it was a spirit that was looking after them and guiding them on these spiritual journeys. The Buddhists were about eliminating all suffering by not being dependent on anything. And then there was, of course, religion that has played a massive part in the modern era that we live in today, or postmodern era, if you would like to refer to it as that. And that was what gave people meaning before. And so, while I'm not religious myself, I'm certainly not of the camp that thinks that I am of the highest authority in this massive universe. I also don't believe as a human being, or humans in general, are the absolute highest authority over everything that goes on. The fact that the most hardcore religious people and the most dedicated to their craft scientists still can't come to a conclusion about what's out there, that tells me that's very powerful. We've been able to get people to the moon. We've been able to communicate across the world in lightning speed where I can talk to someone in Russia and it goes boom, directly to their inbox. We can do all these types of things, but we still can't figure out something that is so fundamental ingrained in us. We're always looking for an answer. We're looking for meaning. We're looking for a authority figure to tell us what to do. And that doesn't make people sheeple. People that use the word sheeple tend to be sheeple. They just regurgitate a different set of talking points that somebody else said. And those people use sheeple so they think it makes them sound smart. But it is a natural thing to look for an answer to find out what meaning is. What, what type of society that we're living in right now what are we living for? So, for the most part, you know, religion is looked down upon, and there's so many different types of religions, it's tough to even say, okay, yeah, we would all subscribe to X, whether that's Christianity, uh, Islam, Judaism. It's tough to even say which one the masses would subscribe to it. And it's, it's, those numbers are dropping every year. So we're left with one thing where we think, okay, well, it's all about maximizing the pleasure in this lifetime because there's nothing after this. And even if that is true, even if that is the case, well, still, you still have to find a meeting in something. If everybody just engaged in pleasure-seeking behaviors, for their whole entire lives. Well, you're gonna see the collapse of everything and all the things that promote those comforts and that convenience of life. And so it came to an, uh, an interesting point. I was reading this book 
it's called uh, The Rogue Hypnotist. It's a series. And so as an indie author myself, these are one of the downfalls, I would say, of not being a part of a, a publishing house is that the budget seems to be a little bit tighter. And that's because indie authors are looking to maximize their profit margins. But if you can deal with uh, typos and uh, grammatical errors, then it's an it's an amusing read at the very least. And so it's about this guy who has been a, a professional hypnotist for a few decades, I believe it is, and he shares his findings. And in this one particular section, I think I'm on book 11, I believe it is. I kind of just skipped around. It was on the Kindle Unlimited. He talks about... As humans, the one thing that we fear the most, our biggest fear, is social disapproval. And I found myself agreeing with that. For the most part, that's kind of what shapes everybody's actions. You never really know on an individual base when you talk to somebody how they feel. It's drastically different from what they post online or when other people are around. And the reason for that is because it comes back to a fundamental principle of survival, is social disapproval thousands and thousands of years ago, usually meant to ostracization and, and not having access to resource or worse, death, or you were jailed. So it's ingrained in us to seek that, that approval. So while it's great to go around saying, oh, I don't care what anybody thinks, everybody does. You have to. If we just all went around with without thinking about the repercussions and truly not really caring what people thought, yeah, good luck. You're not going to get very far unless you're super famous, super rich, where you don't have to worry about that, which is, you know, less than 1% of the population. Yeah, that mentality is, is going to get you on the hot list real quick. And if we look at what social disapproval means today, it's easier than ever to be disapproved of socially. And so there's even this genius ploy these days, which was a huge tactic of religious groups over you know, the past centuries to keep people censored, is that if you're silent, then you're against us and this movement, and that means that you are X, whatever label that they want to throw on you at the time. Right now, the hot thing is homophobic and, and racist. So that used to be, that's today's modern equivalent of being a heathen or a Satanist, you know, even a couple decades ago. That's the modern equivalent. They've done the same thing. They've, they've flipped it. So now it's just a different party pushing the same thing, which was you need to be against us or else. That's a little bit scary in the sense that, like that example I gave earlier, what if you're in the back of the line? There's enough people and enough power where they're they're saying all these things against highly authoritative public figures and you know doing that five decades ago and even some parts in the world now a lot of places in the world right now doing that would mean that you're captured you're put into jail or into into forced labor or they'll kill you and the fact that that threat is not imminent it gives a lot of people the microphone. And that microphone is crowded. And so while I'm not saying there isn't a problem with that, 
There, there is a tribalistic need in humans that has existed forever. That's why Neanderthals don't even exist to this day. There's always going to be some sort of identifier that people, it, it's intellectual laziness is what it is to group people by the most easy way to identify them, which is their appearance. It takes a lot more time to look at an individual's thought process and ideology. It takes time. So it's a mental shortcut people use to put you in a camp. And what we're starting to see now is that the kids that are growing up in this era, they're even losing more hope because they don't know what to believe in anymore. So while I'm not even saying, oh, we need to bring back the Bible so the gives us meaning in life. Well, I think there's a certain freedom in being able to assign your own meanings. And that's essentially what the smart city movement on this podcast is about is the meaning is we've picked a, a certain problem to tackle, which is the urbanization and globalization that's going on where 65% of the population by 2025 is expected to live in urban metropolis areas. Well, we've taken that and we said, okay, well, what about those rural areas that are still underserved? They don't have access to high-speed internet. They don't have access to the resources that metropolis areas do, but there's a solution to that, which is those Wi-Fi towers that we keep hearing about. There's air taxis that would be able to make commuting between a city and a rural area a lot easier. So moving up there where there's all this uninhibited land, there's there's our uninhabited land, there's just massive, massive stretches of land that's going unused. And if you can afford to bring the technological comforts and luxuries and convenience that metropolis areas offer, and you're allowed to bring it up there, I don't see why not. I love it. I don't see a dependence on the city. And I know that's not for everybody. A lot of people, they do like to be around large droves of people at a time. For me personally, I, I, I don't really, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not an issue to me. I, I prefer to, to read thoughts of people. So that's why I read quite a bit is because I like to see well laid out thoughts. I don't like um, platitudes and just gut feeling really easy, cheap ways to voice an opinion about things. I don't like arguments that are structured or built around that. I like to think about, I like to have my mind changed. In other words, I like having my mind changed. When there is a solid argument laid out and somebody can debate it passionately and change my mind, it's one of the best feelings ever. It takes away that need to constantly voice things that everybody else is already saying. And I think that's exactly what we need to get back to. When I look at the youth of this country, that's why I think it's important to get this message out to them and get this movement going so that they know that there's a third option that is not bound by your skin color, your age, or anything else other than the value that you bring skill-wise. 
You look at all these platforms that are so widely used with social media, and imagine if nobody, which most people don't, don't know who the creators of these things are, but they use it in droves. So are we starting to enter an age where the only solution then would be to dress up in bodysuits and be anonymous workers? <laughs> Could you imagine that coming to work and you're just dressed in these, I don't know, gray, let's say gray, gray suits that cover you from head to toe and nobody can tell who anybody else is. I mean, you go there and then you're actually judged on performance and merit. Then nobody has privilege at all. Especially when you use voice modulators to say, well, I could. it was my voice that gave it away. Now there's a certain inflection. I think that's nonsense, but let's just skew it all the way to give nobody any sort of advantage. And while you're at it, how about this? Everybody sits down so you don't know how tall people are too. Because that's where we're going. We're at the point where if we keep going down further and further between these these issues that are so easy and these movements that are so easy to jump behind because it requires nothing other than you being fired up and pissed off about something, we're going to get to the point where tall people are going to be the next on the target list. Yeah, tall people, they get hired at a way higher clip. Dating apps are based around, you could even sort it. That, that, that's how, that is how crazy they've gotten about it, is they actually sort men's profiles by six foot below and up only. Now that's, that's pretty discriminatory, but I understand. I'm 5'10", and I understand it. It's an evolutionary advantage, and guess what? I have learned to adapt to that. I've learned to not be upset about it. I've learned to not even wish that I was taller. What I decide to do is focus on the areas that I can control individually and not look outside for anybody else to accept me for these differences. I don't care if you do. I'm just going to be valuable some way else, and then you'll have no choice but to acknowledge me if that's what I'm seeking. It isn't, but if I was to want to be approved of socially, well, I'd work on the areas that I can control and then get me there. And... We get to a point too where we start to get in these smaller and smaller groups that are telling the majority how to live their lives and structure things. And to me that, I, I don't ever think, and that goes for the elites of the country too. The 1% should never be telling the 99% how to live their lives. Because of one small group, everybody else has to restructure their way of living to cater to this 1%. And that, go like I said, that goes from the top to the bottom. It's ridiculous how much we've fragmented these groups, these special interest groups. And that goes for also religion as well. Nobody should be able to have that kind of power to bend everybody that has collectively been a part of an identity for so long and forced to cater to these people. Leave them alone is what I would say is the greatest thing you could do to anybody. Hell, I want to be left alone. I, I, I don't want to deal with any side. I don't want to side with anybody. 
Because like I said, I'm focused on other issues. I'm focused on building this smart city. That would be incredible for the youth because they would have a path where they know, hey, I'm going to get the best education and learn skills that are going to help me become marketable. To me, that's the best mission. Anything that goes against that, I am against. But guess what? I'm not going to go out there and deliberately attack people and try to bring them down to further this agenda. No, what I'm doing is things like this podcast to get the message out. What I'm doing is I'm writing articles on Medium to spread awareness so that when we do finally get some traction, we do buy an alternate house, alternative housing, like the U-Box, for instance, or if you want to look at another example, those um, shutter crates, those shutter box homes, uh, shipping container as well. Buying those in mass, finding a supplier, and being able to just buy a piece of land, almost like farmers do, except for we're building a tech utopia, startup utopia, merging the best business people, the best coders together, bringing new innovations, and the entire community is funded by the success of these startups and it's community-based people can put their bidding in and invest however they want if there's a certain startup that catches their attention maybe they're eco-friendly which would be the left side i welcome you the right side if it if your thing is more about an ai push to make sales more efficient or something like that i support you I support anybody that's trying to build and create, and especially if we can offer a, a really clear way for youth to find a movement like that, I am all for it. Anybody against it, God bless you. I will maneuver around you. I will ignore you until you get frustrated, and I'm just going to beat you through, through sheer efficiency and pure skill. And... The more that you try to set up roadblocks, the more exhausted you're going to get from my ability to see around those. And that's what we're going to do. So, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna look at this episode as kind of a blend between progress that is made in the smart city movement because obviously right now at this point where we're at in building this project we are dependent um only on ourselves really you know obviously my stream of revenue that i'm bringing to the city to get started on bigger projects and to work with the best coders so that i'm not cherry picking off them or not bringing equal value equal value is the keyword I'm bringing the the freelance portion, the content creation, obviously this platform, the websites, the various websites that I have, um, copywriting, the B2B side of the business, all these different revenue streams is what I'm bringing up there that are dependent on other people at the moment. They're obviously not automated other than, other than the books, which is a form of revenue, of course. But... Until there's actually an established equity where there's land purchased, um, where there's official supplier. The other thing is air taxis. I've I've made no secret about them and and how much I'd like to invest in getting those a lot more available. Until there's that, 
it tells that kind of momentum yeah we're we're not like elon where we can just basically say anything without repercussions and we are unfortunately dependent on current day events because it's going to affect a lot of things. It's going to affect the way that funding becomes available, which I'm trying to limit. It's going to affect the purchase of land. There's a lot of social issues that it has to rely on now. My goal is to get to the point where I don't have to address any of it. But that's the reality of the situation. I can't ignore it without addressing that because those are the questions and, and rightfully so that would come up to say, okay, how are we promoting this movement and going in the right direction? What are the roadblocks right now? Well, it, it's basically the state of the world, this mass hysteria that was created recently. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I know that... I'm not alone in thinking this way. I know that it just seems more amplified because people are being forced to accept certain ideologies or they risk having their business blown to pieces. Like I said, there's a lot of support. There's a lot more powerful groups behind these movements than I could ever passionately argue or drive for. So I trust in them. I'm going to focus on issues that deal with uh, the youth and developing them and anybody that is against the youth and looks to corrupt them so that goes for any sort of uh, uh, trafficking and uh, abuse those are the issues for me that I feel passionately about if other people feel passionately passionately about other subjects I salute you I'm glad that you have something passionate about but we can't put everybody's collective attention on these areas without letting some of the other areas fall by the wayside and have focus. So I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to say, hey, I'm at the very back of the line. By the time I get up there, guys, I could have put more of this energy and got more momentum on the now neglected areas. That's what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for our youth, developing them and giving them a chance. I'm not looking to make things easier for them. I'm looking to just give them an opportunity to begin with. Let us know what you think. House, house strategy at gmail.com or you can write us at house at bestrevenuewriter.com and of course as always www.journeytosmartcity.com Subscribe to the newsletter there. Follow us on YouTube at House of Smart City. Love to hear your thoughts. Get some discussion going around this and look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.